News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. A 24-year-old man is charged with wounding with intent after allegedly stabbing a police officer during July 1st protests. A member of the Basic Law Committee defends the government's ruling on the protest slogan, Liberate Hong Kong, after critics say it breaches freedom of speech. And the U.S. Congress unanimously approves tough new sanctions over Hong Kong, while former legislator and Demosisto leader Nathan Law urges the world to stand up to President Xi Jinping. A 24-year-old man accused of stabbing a police officer during Wednesday's protests has been charged with wounding with intent and will appear in Eastern Court this afternoon. Timmy Sung has details. Detective Chief Inspector Kai Chi-Lun confirmed officers took action after receiving a tip-off and boarded a plane in the early hours yesterday to arrest a suspect. He said the plane hadn't departed or closed its door. Mr Kai said investigations were ongoing and more arrests could be made. Thousands of Hong Kongers protested against Beijing-imposed national security law on Wednesday. Footage showed the officer was attacked by several people when he attempted to arrest a man near Central Library in Causeway Bay. Police said he suffered multiple injuries, including a stab wound on his left shoulder. A member of the Bar Association, Eric Shum, says the government can't rule out or can't rule that the protest slogan "Liberate Hong Kong: Revolution of Our Times" violates the new national security law. In a statement last night, the government urged people not to use the phrase, saying it carried secessionist or subversive intent. Mr. Shum told RTHK the slogan could mean different things to different people. I have heard the statement of the Hong Kong government issued last night, and I think the purpose might be to warn the public that, oh, the governments have announced that this slogan would have that meaning under the new law, and hence you would have to be banned from making that sort of slogan. But I mean, in, a, in terms of a case in court, the statement of the government does not have the force of law. Of course, the prosecution would refer to the statement, and see, after the statement was issued, you still chant that slogan, and you fall within that meaning. But I mean, in terms of live cases, people can always say that I mean a different thing. Legal sector lawmaker Dennis Kwok says the government's criticism of the protest slogan limits freedom of speech. The Civic Party legislator says it's ridiculous that it's up to officials to decide the meaning behind a slogan when people could have their own interpretation. Why is it that the government can now restrict freedom of expression on slogans or words that are used by many who may have very different interpretation from the official interpretation given by the government. How is that not a restriction of the freedom of expression? That is not the rule of law. That is, that is the rule by men. If this is the way in which Hong Kong society is to evolve, there is no rule of law left. The vice chairwoman of the Basic Law Committee says it's good for the government to warn against using a slogan she finds problematic. Beijing loyalist Maria Tam says the phrase liberate Hong Kong is out of step with the fact that Hong Kong is part of China. But she also agreed there would need to be proof that the person chanting the slogan had indeed breached the new security law. She rejected suggestions that the move suppressed freedom of speech. When you talk about liberation in the Chinese meaning in our historical uh, events, uh, it's when you have one uh, piece of land, uh, that place belonged to me, but somebody took it, and now I'm going to retrieve it. That's the meaning of liberation. So as far as we're concerned, uh, Hong Kong belongs to China. 
Pro-establishment lawmakers say people who continue to chant the Liberate Hong Kong slogan shouldn't be allowed to stand in September's LegCo elections. Business and Professionals Alliance the Business and Professionals Alliance's Priscilla Leung says it's up to electoral officers to decide whether to approve the candidacy of people who chanted the slogan before the national security law was enacted, depending on whether they believe the person truly upholds the basic law. But she says anybody who still chants the slogan should definitely be barred. From a point of view, it doesn't carry retrospective effect. But if the same act is a continuous act, Namely, they started to have this kind of act, advocating liberating Hong Kong, etc., and which has been already determined by Hong Kong government not to have complied with the law. If it continues, as of today, two days after the promulgation of the National Security Law of Hong Kong SAR, then it matters because it is a continuous act that already passed through the promulgation of the National Security Law. Former legislator and Demisisto leader Nathan Law is urging the world to stand up to President Xi Jinping and put human rights above profit. In an interview with Reuters news agency, the 26-year-old said Hong Kong's fate showed China was becoming more and more authoritarian. Mr Law has fled Hong Kong following the introduction of the new national security law. He'd earlier told a US congressional hearing that he and other pro-democracy leaders faced being locked up for long periods under the law. In an interview with the BBC, he explained what drove him to flee. Uh, the impl- implementation of national security law basically um, infringed uh, every rights that we could possibly have. And everyone who uh, merely take an interview talking about U.S.-China relationship or even sanctioning would be seen as a violation of the national security law. So I think for now, we need a public figure that would go to the international stage to spread a Hong Kong story and their demands. Uh, with an international advocacy campaign. And I think that is exactly the impetus that uh, for my move. The head of Beijing's liaison office in Hong Kong, Luo Huining, has been appointed to advise the new National Security Committee that will be tasked with safeguarding and drafting policy in Hong Kong. That's according to the official news agency Xinhua, which also announced that a Guangdong official, Zhang Yangshong, will head Beijing's national security agency that's being set up in Hong Kong. A ninth person arrested on suspicion of violating the new national security law during protests on Wednesday has been granted bail. He's to report to police later this month. A final person arrested for alleged breaches of the new law is still being detained. The US Congress has unanimously approved tough new sanctions over Hong Kong, including penalties for banks which have dealings with officials involved in the introduction of the security law. Beijing has threatened strong countermeasures if the act becomes law, and President Trump hasn't indicated whether he'll sign it, although lawmakers could override a veto. US lawmakers are also seeking to make it easier for Hong Kong residents to get refugee status in the United States. Here's Todd Harding. Britain has already said it will allow millions of Hong Kongers to relocate and eventually seek British nationality due to the national security law. The US measure, if passed, would put Hong Kongers who participated in pro-democracy protests in the same category as Cubans, giving them priority as refugees with no limits on their numbers. The move has support across party lines, but it's unclear if it would enjoy the backing of President Trump, for whom restricting immigration from non-Western nations is a signature issue. LegCo's educational education panel meeting descended into chaos as rival camps argued whether schools' teaching materials should be reviewed. 
Education lawmaker Ip Kinyun accused the chairwoman, Regina Yip, of inserting this motion at the top of the agenda. The Democratic Party's Ted Hoy and Helena Wong were evicted after confronting Mrs. Ip at her desk. Mrs. Ip said pandems were just covering for some unethical teachers, as she said they've been filibustering at another subcommittee over the matter. Under the rules of procedure, I have the full power to decide on the agenda, the time, place and venue of the meeting. And I discussed with Education Bureau beforehand. The discussion of problematic teaching materials for kindergarten, primary schools and secondary schools have been delayed for several months because of the filibuster tactics adopted by the pan-democratic legislators. Overseas now, the Japanese authorities have asked the United States to extradite a former Special Forces soldier and his son. They're accused of helping the ex-Nissan boss Carlos Ghosn flee Japan last year. Details of Michael and Peter Taylor's alleged involvement in the escape are unclear. But Japanese prosecutors have said the two men were in Japan at the time and helped Mr Ghosn evade security checks. Here's the BBC's Rupert Wingfield-Hayes. A big reason why the Japanese prosecutors are so keen to get uh, Mr. Taylor, the two Mr. Taylors, here is because Carlos Ghosn himself is in Beirut. There is no extradition treaty between Japan and Lebanon. And so I think there's a feeling that there's not much chance they're going to get Ghosn himself back here to stand trial. Uh, and so they really want to go after his accomplices. So they got some results from what is, is now really a, a failed prosecution of Mr. Ghosn himself. Prosecutors in the United States have charged the British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell with grooming young girls for her former boyfriend, the late convicted paedophile Jeffrey Epstein, and lying about it repeatedly. She's accused of setting traps so the victims could be exploited. Ms Maxwell was arrested in New Hampshire and appeared in court by video link where a judge ordered her to be transferred to New York. She's previously denied wrongdoing. A prosecutor, Audrey Strauss, said Ms Maxwell helped Epstein meet potential victims. Maxwell was among Epstein's closest associates and helped him exploit girls who were as young as 14 years old. Maxwell played a critical role in helping Epstein to identify, befriend, and groom minor victims for abuse. In some cases, Maxwell participated in the abuse herself. The governor of the U.S. state of Texas has ordered that face masks must be worn in public across nearly all of the state. Texas was one of the first states to reopen for business following an economically devastating lockdown, but it's seen a surge in the number of cases since restrictions were lifted. Greg Abbott's instruction applies to Texans living in counties with 20 or more COVID-19 cases. This safe standard requires Texans to wear masks in public spaces with certain common sense exceptions. This requirement is not intended to be punitive. Instead, we just need everyone to do their part to help to slow the spread. British government has announced it's scrapping the quarantine policy for passengers arriving in England from some countries deemed a lower coronavirus risk, such as Spain, France, Italy and Germany. The new measures will come into force from the 10th of July and won't apply in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.47 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 65 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,331, 209 points up on the previous close. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung.
Let's start with football. In their first game since winning the English Premier League title, the new champions Liverpool suffered a 4-0 defeat away at the previous title holders Manchester City. The BBC's John Murray was at the game. Liverpool were given a guard of honour by Manchester City as the new champions emerged from the tunnel before the match, but that was all they got. They did have their moments early on. Salah hit a post, but by half-time, City were 3-0 up, a De Bruyne penalty and goals from the outstanding Sterling and Foden. Just one goal followed in the second half when Sterling's shot was deflected into his own net by Oxlade-Chamberlain, but there could easily have been more as Manchester City served notice they intend to run Liverpool much closer next season. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp said he expected City to use the occasion to make a statement, and they did. They were 100% um, ready for this game, and I thought my team was as well ready, but with the development in the game, then it was a little bit like that, and we have to accept that. But um, how is that? We, we, had, we had really good moments, and I saw a lot of good stuff on my team as well, but City is just unbelievable strong, we have to admit that. And if you don't use your moments, then it becomes really difficult, because they usually use their moments and today they did it. Sheffield United are back in the hunt for European football next season after a 3-1 win over Tottenham. Manager Chris Wilder says they were very close to keeping a clean sheet. That's the best goal that anybody scored against us all season. Great ball and fantastic cross and a brilliant finish by Harry Kane. You can't do anything about that, we understand that, but what you can do is cut out those silly mistakes that we've produced. It's been quite easy for the opposition. So we got the balance right tonight and we were clinical at the other end and gave us an opportunity of getting a result. In Spain, Real Madrid have opened a four-point lead over Barcelona at the top of La Liga. Real got past Hatafe 1-0 thanks to a second-half penalty from Sergio Ramos. Real have made it five wins out of five since their return. In Italy, Atalanta have taken a big step towards Champions League football next season. They defeated Napoli 2-0 to open up a 12-point advantage over fifth-place Roma, who were beaten 2-0 at home by Udinese. The All Blacks fly half Bowden Barrett has signed a one-year deal to play in Japan. Barrett is in the first year of a four-year deal with the Auckland Blues in Super Rugby, but has exercised a sabbatical option which allows him to take up a short-term contract overseas. The two-time World Player of the Year will join the Tokyo-based Suntory Sun Goliath in Japan's top league next year before returning to New Zealand in time for the 2021 international season. The deal is reportedly worth one and a half million U.S. dollars, making Barrett one of the highest-paid players in world rugby. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A 24-year-old man is charged with wounding with intent after allegedly stabbing a police officer during July 1st protests. A member of the Basic Law Committee defends the government's ruling on the protest slogan Liberate Hong Kong after critics say it breaches freedom of speech. And the US Congress unanimously approves tough new sanctions over Hong Kong. The news from RTHK.
Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. It is Friday afternoon. Hope you're doing well. I'm Karen Ko, sitting in for Noreen Mir for today's One Two Three show. A big thanks to James Ross for this morning's morning brew. So today we are going to celebrate the 4th of July holiday early. 4th of July is tomorrow, American Independence Day. We're going to head over to Los Angeles to check in with journalist May Lee ahead of that holiday just to take the pulse of what's going on in the US right now. That's coming up after 1.30. And after 2 o'clock, although Noreen's not with me, we're going to have an agenda cafe and we're talking today about skin life.